The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. And so I'm delighted that we're joined today for the Culture Club by an actress who was the star of two years of The Walking Dead and then The Walking Dead World Beyond and is now currently a star of Vikings Valhalla. Polyak Anna McIntosh, thank you so much for joining us here on The Last Run Today FM, especially as you were just telling me you were up to four o'clock this morning film, finishing the filming of a short movie. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I've just been making a film called Quicksand, which is a short film written by a woman from Dunleary, Siobhan Callahan, and we've been shooting there. We've been shooting in Dublin and we've been shooting in Limerick last night. So uh, I'm really excited to get into the edit and see all the magic that we've got. You also directed this, did you? Yes, I directed it and I also play a, a role in the film, but the star is Siobhan who wrote it. And I met her last year when I was doing Vikings Valhalla and she's a really talented actor and really talented writer. And with the pandemic, you know, we've all been through a lot. And I thought this film was just a, the right thing to start with, with the films I want to make in Ireland. So it's been an exciting project. When will we get to see it? Hopefully we'll be premiering at Galway next year or Dublin Film Festival. It's one of those things where when you make a film, you know, you're not sure where it's going to go just yet. But um yeah, we've got some real magic in the can, so I'm excited for people to see it. So I'm sure it'll be at festivals here. You came here for Vikings Valhalla, which is filmed here in Ireland, isn't it? Yes. But you settled now at this stage, have you? I came here about 10 years ago to do a film called Let Us Pray. And then I did another film called Love Eternal here about three years later. And with all the festivals that I did with those films and all the people I met on those sets, I've just always had a real passion for this place and wanting to be here. And during the lockdowns, the early lockdowns and the pandemic, the first audition that I had come in, which looked like work was going to happen again, happened to be Vikings Valhalla here in Ireland. And when I came and started working, it just confirmed that I really, really want to be living here. So yeah, I've moved from LA. And it's very different to LA, <laughs> it's isn't it? It's very different from LA. It's just what I need. Yeah. Even on weather like today? Yeah, I can take it. I mean, I've had really no seasons for about 20 years. So, you know. I can take four seasons in one day that you guys offer. And is there enough work to be able to not live in LA? Yeah, I think, you know, the pandemic's changed things a lot. Self-tapes were always um, were always prevalent for us a lot. Uh, but since the pandemic, it's just become so much easier to work wherever you are as an actor, you know, and, and audition that way. And I've been lucky enough to have a, a good career in the States now, and it's kind of given me the freedom to be where I want to be. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Vikings for Hala. What for those who haven't seen it? It's on what platform? Is it Netflix? It's on it? Netflix. Yeah, we've had one season out, and we've just wrapped. I wrapped a week ago on. Uh, in fact, I think it was five days ago. I think it was just before we started shooting Quicksand, um, on season three. So it's it's similar to Vikings in that it's uh, it's a historical drama but it's got a little extra drama thrown in there and the characters are more pulled out um, than what we get from the, uh, you know, the, his the histories that we have written down at that time. Um, so it's a sequel to Vikings, which was on for six years, six seasons on the History Channel, um, and that was MGM TV. And now MGM TV have taken that concept and working with Netflix and making Vikings Valhalla, which is a sequel to it. OK, let's look out for that. Yeah. Right, Pollyanna, let's get to our Culture Club choices. And you've given us a terrific range of choices. You really love your music, it's quite clear, as we'll get to in a moment. But we always ask everybody the first bit of music that they bought. In your case, it was an album, not a single. Yeah. Tell us what it was and why you bought it. So um, the first album that I bought was 0898 Beautiful South. 
And I didn't buy it for myself. I bought it for a boyfriend. I was a big fan of The Beautiful South and so was he. Um, and what age were you? I was, I think I was 12, 13. I was probably 13, yeah. I was 13 and loved that album Choke that they'd made. And at the time, you know, it's funny when you ask the question about what's the first single you bought and I think, well... I wasn't spending money on singles. If I loved a, a track that, you know, that I wanted to hear again and again, I would put a tape in the tape player and record it from the radio. That was really the only choice I had. And uh, I wanted to buy uh, this album for my boyfriend at the time. And so it was the first CD I'd ever bought as well. And I didn't have a CD player. And even if I had, I couldn't take it out of the box because then, it, you know, it was no longer a gift. It's funny to think of it now, you know. Um, but you didn't want to ruin the seal, so I had to keep this gift and I could only listen to it when I gave it to him, you know. So it's really exciting. Did he like it and did he let yeah. you listen to it with Yes, him? yes, he did like it and we listened to it together. And I just love the beautiful sad's lyrics and the the nuance in, in the stories that, that they tell and the humanity in it and the beats and, and the uh, the track that opens up the album is Old Red Eyes is Back. And it's about, it's a happy, danceable tune about a bitter alcoholic who's dead now. <laughs> and uh, how he, how if he had been able to show his emotions or um, have the life that he wanted, he wouldn't have ended up that way. This appealed to you as a 13-year-old. Yeah, it did. Let's hear a bit of it. <laughs> From the night before, the night before Walked into the run by, walked into a door Old Red's in town And sitting late at night, he doesn't make a sound Just adding to the wrinkles on his deathly frown They're only red from all the tears that I should have shed As that 13 year old boyfriend, you must have broken up. What happened to the album after you broke up? Oh, that's a really good question. He kept the album, he got to keep the album. I was 13, he was 16. Um, and I was thinking today when I was thinking about this track, and it's been on my mind, um, that he was so politically aware, you know, and he was raised by two women who were a couple. His mother had died when he was young. And um, I was thinking about how, how, Odd it is that I'm now making this film, Quicksand, which is about a committed lesbian couple, one of which is pregnant. The other one is a secret sex addict. And because she's been hiding this secret, uh, when she discovers that she is pregnant, she's thrown into absolute turmoil. And I didn't write it. You know, Siobhan wrote it. Um, but it's funny. These I see a lot of patterns a lot of times in things. And when that's happening, I tend to feel like I'm in a really good place. And lately with this film and this explosion of creativity and, and work that I've been, and not only I've been doing, but this crew that I've been working with have been doing. I've been feeling really, really satisfied. And, um, and a lot of kind of these coincidences and these good vibrations have been coming along. And that track, um, Old Red Eyes is Back, 
is so indicative of a character played by Philip O'Sullivan, who um, plays a wonderful, messy, complicated drunk in this film. Um, and you asking me what my first album was, I don't think I would have remembered if it hadn't been for the fact that that track is that character. And it's just linking it together in my head. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, yeah. That so. said, given that you gave us such a long list of favourite musical <laughs> acts, just give us some of them, an example of the stuff that you listen to. And like we have picked out a few clips from the likes of Missy Elliott and Al Green and The Strokes, but who else is it that you're into? Oh, there's so many. Uh, the Prodigy is a big, I'm a big fan of The Prodigy, Aretha Franklin, Glass Animals, Florence and the Machine, White Stripes, Bjork, Nico, Chantel, The Ramones, Roisin Murphy. Lizzo's been doing amazing, amazing work ever since she exploded a couple of years ago. Uh, Buena Vista Social Club, Scissor Sisters, Fiona Apple, Janis Joplin, I could go on. And this is spreading over quite a few decades. You're yeah, not, you don't Queen, get into a particular type of niche. ABBA. No, I really, really love disco though as well. We just went to see Chic recently and, oh, fantastic. Well, actually, let's get to that and we'll come back to your choices and bands because we did ask you for the best gig and you did pick up Chic, who you mm. saw recently at the Three Arena. Why so? You know, we've all been we've all been held quite tight lately, haven't we? And uh, being in a in a room of that many people dancing joyfully to disco was was really something. And it was also with my um, producer and some of the crew from Vikings Valhalla, who I've spent three years with here, uh, making this this huge scale historical drama, playing the Queen of Denmark. And there we all were, just shaking our groove thing and listening to this these incredible musicians. Um, yeah, and I, I, as a young young person, when I was around that age of 13, I used to go out to the clubs a lot and dance to disco. We actually had Nile Rodgers, oh, must be about a decade ago at this yeah. stage, in here, and he yeah. brought his guitar with him. Oh, my God. And he played tracks in between chatting to me. <laughs> we have, not from the Three Arena, but they also played the Marquee in Cork this June. Here's Nile Rodgers and Chic. and Sheik Nile Rodgers I think yeah. comes to this country every year yeah. I think he's more popular here than he is even in America Yeah I saw him in Galway I first saw them play in Galway um, some years ago when I was there for the Flower and I was in the, the hotel I was staying in I saw a sign saying that they were playing and I couldn't believe it you know because Sheik to me were a record that my parents had when I was young and it's one disco record and I just used to listen to it all the time and then when I was in, in uh, high school my best friend Holly her brother Rennie was at art college and he was a DJ on the weekends and he used to DJ at this club called Shaft and we would go there every weekend and just dance our socks off. So it was like my childhood coming to me and I was um, I was walking through the lobby with a friend and Niall Rogers started walking towards us and I was like, oh my God, there's Niall Rogers. And he walks up to my friend and says, hey, Bobcat, how are you doing? 
and offers us tickets to the gig that night. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. You also have the Strokes in there. Where did you see the Strokes? I saw the Strokes at Studio 54 in New York. Um, not in the 70s. I'm not. I was born in, <laughs> I was born in 79. I didn't time travel. Um, I saw them with a friend of mine, Mark Crompton, who I've known since I was 16. And we both happened to be in New York at the same time. And again, I wasn't sure how they were going to be. You know, I loved the album. I was always dancing to my with myself to that sorry dancing alone to that album in my hotel room when I was on this trip and um, going absolutely mad for it and uh, I thought I hope they're good live I hope they're not too coolly cool you know because they're a very handsome bunch of young lads and they were full on again the crowd was going absolutely mad and it just uh, you know being with a friend that I've known that long and getting to have this chance to dance together and to great music it was just a joy a delight Let's hear a bit of the strokes from probably their best album. The first album mm. is this it. This is the track Someday. things you mentioned missy elliott is one of your favorites yeah she came out on the scene and just changed the game you know the way she dances the way she moves the way she presents herself the beat she has the collaboration she does her she it's like prince you know she just is music to me she just and she's so confident and so powerful and so funky and has such a great sense of humor that all of that's going on in her music and it makes me want to dance. So let's have something from the debut album, Super Duper Fly. Missy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that. Uh, it's the Q to the B to the double E spitting lovely. And it don't stop. Rock shine through my tank top. Where your bank stop? I deposit all in one drop. I think not. Excuse me, but uh, I like the flow because this joint not harder than Indica. And I'll be off the wall like the locks. Night box filled with Benjamins Me and my girl Missy getting pissy up in Benigan's Making all you other rappers begin again Like Finnegan, Christians repent then sin again Girls wanna be my friend again Lay up in my crib open, get up in my linens in While Miss Amina hit notes like Sarafina I subpoena you to my funk room See, I hit you with the uh, she hit you with the Great stuff, and that's over 25 years old now <laughs> God, that's unbelievable. Great music. Yeah. Something that's even older though. Let's bit of Al Green, mm. Love and Happiness. Love and happiness. Wait a minute, something going wrong. Someone's on the phone. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Talking about. 
all of these tracks yeah. did you ever consider a career in music rather than acting <laughs> i sing a lot but i don't sing well i don't think anyone needs to hear me sing <laughs> there's one other uh, musical bit we're going to have because we asked you for a favorite artist yeah and you've gone for somebody who was recording long before even i was born let alone mm. you born nina simone yeah why so just absolutely one of a kind and and again that she just pulls music you know, from the earth, from her soul, from the depths of things. And she was unafraid and unabashed as well to stand up for what she believed in. And her songs range from, you know, I think the song that you're going to play is, is a better known one, um, from from a delight in the positivity in the world to a tackling of the really tough stuff. And I just don't think anyone else has a voice like that. From the 1965 album, I put a spell on you. Here's feeling good. Mm. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, ooh, 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 ooh. and I'm feeling good. such drama in that performance as well, isn't there? Yeah, so sexy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move to movies. And uh, you've picked just one movie for us, Plumper. You didn't give us a big long list. You have a particular <laughs> favourite. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon. Tell yes. us about this selection. So Dog Day Afternoon is a Sydney, Sydney Lumet film from 1972 and it stars Al Pacino. Um, I believe it's 1972, actually. It's certainly based on an incident that happened in 1972. And it is about a Vietnam veteran turned bank robber who, I, I don't really want to ruin the spoiler, even though it's an old film, uh, so I won't say that. So who robs a bank, and it seems to be a simple bank robbery with a couple of friends, and he's trying to do it like a gentleman and get in and get out, and it all goes very much in the wrong direction. And in... In Sydney, Sydney Lumet style, you have to really challenge yourself on how you feel about um, the blacks and whites of, of of being a human being. You have to look at the, the grey areas in this film, and it's uh, full of character. 
We have a clip in which the bank robber played by Al Pacino called Sonny is interviewed live over the phone by a television news reporter and we have to give you the obligatory foul language warning. <gasps> Hello, Sonny. Sonny, you're on the air. Would you mind answering a few questions for us? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Hello? See? No, I just saw myself. Uh, what? You, why am I doing it? Yes. Doing what? Robbing a bank. Oh. Uh, what? I, I don't know what you mean by that. I, I'm robbing a bank because they got money here. That's why I'm robbing it. No, no. What I mean is, why do you feel you have to steal for money? Couldn't you get a job? Uh, no. Doing what? You know, you know, you gotta get if you if you want a job, you gotta be a member of a union. See, and if you're not, if you've got no uh, union card, you don't get a job. What about non-union occupations? What's wrong with this guy? What do you mean non-union? Like what? A bank teller? You know how much a bank teller makes a week? Not much. Not much. 115 to start, right? Now you're gonna live on that. I got a wife and a couple of kids. How am I gonna live on that? Uh, what do you make a week? I'm here to talk to you, Sonny. Uh, no, well, I'm, talk to, I'm talking to you. We're entertainment, right? What do you, what do you, what do you got for us? Well, what do you want to get for it? You expect to be paid because no, of appearing? No, I don't want to be paid. I don't need to be paid. Look, I'm here with my partner and nine other people. See, we're dying. You know, you're gonna see our brains on a the sidewalk. They're gonna spill our guts out. Now, you're gonna show that on television? Have all your housewives look at that instead of as the world turns? I mean, what do you got for me? I want something for that, Sonny. Yeah. You could give up. Give up? Right. You ever been to prison? No. No. Well, let's talk about something you fucking know about, okay? How much you make a week? That's what I want to hear. Gentlemen, you gonna talk to me about that? Been temporarily interrupted. Please stand by. We will return to our special newscast very soon. It's powerful stuff. I think I'm gonna go back and watch that movie again yeah. on the basis of that. Yeah. It's a long time since I've seen it. Have you got a play for us? Yes, it's a play called Olga, and I'm gonna have to. Uh, look up the name because I'm terrible with names. But um, I saw this play at the Travis Theatre in Edinburgh and it was translated into Scots dialogue. And it's about an old lady who is, uh, lives alone and a young thief breaks into her house and they fall in love. And uh, it's my favourite quote ever is from this play and it goes like this. This probably just best explains why I love it so much. Um, I feel because there is so much ugliness in the world, it is a sin to be stingy with beauty. I would rather wear my silk, I would rather dig potatoes in my old silk dress than let the moths eat it in the attic. I believe that beautiful things should be worn and torn and used up by loving. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Why does that appeal to you so much? Um... It's 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 a real character piece again. I suppose similarly to to uh, Dog Day Afternoon, and you get really get under the skin of this woman, and and her beliefs about the world are so different from the young man that breaks into her home, who is is has lost hope and is um and feels he has to be uh, cruel to survive in the world. And her feeling about the world is that is that. Um, is that there is, even though she's old and infirm and alone and under this terrible circumstance of being robbed by this man in the middle of the night, she is still entirely focused on the magic and the delights of the world. And uh, it's just a very, very beautiful way of thinking.
Let's move on to television. You have picked a wonderful programme from must be about 30 mm. years ago now at this stage, Cheers. Yes. Tell us, for those who are not familiar with Cheers, <laughs> I'm sure most of our listeners I are, so. but Ted Danson and Shelley Long. Yeah, um, it, it is such a comfort watch for me, but it's so incredibly smart. I think it's the, the best pilot I've ever seen that, you know, that encapsulates these characters very early on in the show and um, draws us in with their humour and their... It's like a found family, you know, with Cheers. It's, it's they're all, they're all... Some of them are ordinary, some of them are are down on their luck, some of them are uptight. Uh, uh, you know, we've got an alcohol, ex-alcoholic chancer, uh, Barman, as our, as our hero, and uh, who's sleeping with far too many women and, and not, um, not managing uh, his life very well. And in comes this intellectual uptight woman who also needs some, some fixing. And over the entire series, you just get to love these people so much. That's right, the other characters, I should yeah, have like yeah, Fraser Crane yeah, came from yeah. there. Woody Harrelson was in it. Yeah, yeah. Norm. Norm, things. yeah. And it's just damn funny, you know. The uh, the jokes um, land and then land again. You know, they've got da-dump beats, but they've got da-dump, da-da-dump beats, if that makes sense. Let's hear a clip. <laughs> where Diane, played by Shelley Long, introduces her new date to the gang at the bar. Uh, thanks for dropping me off, Walter. Bye-bye. <laughs> you want to hear me do it one last time? Uh, no, Walter. I have to get to work now. 28. Why don't you introduce me to your co-workers? I'm sure they'd get a bang out of this. Oh, I don't really think that... Um, hello, Sam. Walter Franklin, Sam Malone. How do you do? Ten. Uh, he's able to tell you instantly how many letters there are in any sentence you say. Sixty-six. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite a gift. Fifteen. <laughs> Been at it all weekend. How many days did it seem like? Twenty-four. <laughs> Listen, Walter, I have to go to work now. Thanks again. For a lovely weekend. Two sentences, 30 and 28. Stop doing that, Walter. 19. I mean it. Seven. Well, really, that's enough of this now. I better get going. Um, goodbye, Diane. Nice seeing you, Sam. Yeah, four. <laughs> By the way, Walter. 14. Uh, yes, Sam. What is it? How was Diane on a scale of 100? 29. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people think that Cheers, you know, needs to be cancelled or something, that it was sexist in some way because of, you know, moments like that. But but actually it was it was so ahead of its time. It was so smart about about men and women and relationships and and um you know, it, I just delight in it. It's just uh some of the best um ensemble work I've I've ever seen. You didn't pick any modern television for us. No, I couldn't really think of what TV I'd been watching. Um, too busy making it. Too busy making it, yeah. But I did see, you know, obviously, maybe not obviously, but I absolutely adored Succession. I think it's an extraordinary show. Um, and I watched Severance recently on Apple TV and that was really, really brilliant as well. OK, book. And you've picked Down and Out in Paris and London from George Orwell. Yeah. I uh, I haven't read that book in a long, long time, but it really came to mind as something that... that um, that had a, a big influence on me. Uh, George Orwell is, is obviously best known for Animal Farm. And when I picked up uh, Down Night in Paris, London, I didn't really know what to expect. 
and it's 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 diarized uh, musings and and um, senses of of life as he sees it as an outsider, and um, just so many so many small and large moments of of. I, I'm sorry, I'm not very verbal today, but um, being a human, you were up to four o'clock yeah, this morning yeah. working. Be, be, thanks, being being a human, you know, and he's he's observing these people as an outsider, and um, in London and Paris, and he's down in his luck as well. And it's just it's got dirt under the nails. It's got humanity and grace and and love for the world, and uh, and just that just that strong, um, I guess, socialist sense as well that he has appeals to me. We are going to finish with one that we asked people for a cultural buried treasure, anything that you would recommend to anyone that you think has been perhaps overlooked. And you have uh, Dorian Electra. Tell yes. us about Dorian Electra. Dorian Electra, I actually saw Dorian play uh, here in Dublin just a few months ago. I've known Dorian for some years. I met them at a house party in L.A. Um, and and was fascinated by their work. They had had a single out at the time uh, that they'd directed their own music video for and and uh, it was called The Clitoris and it was a history of the clitoris and I thought wow well, this person is wonderful um, and since then they've gone on to to have big success with them in the dance scene and uh, they're an agitative artist and um, a really really danceable artist as well um, Liam Cunningham in fact who was at, on your show the other, the other week we went to see them play together and Liam said, I, I, I said no to coming to this venue 20 years ago because I thought I was too old to be here and you've dragged me along. And, and he was a little shy at first and then he was dancing his socks off as well. So um, they really get you going. They really, uh, they're really bold and brave. And um, I used one of Dorian's tracks for the end track in my film Darlin, a feature film that I made that came out in 2019. And... Uh, yeah, they just break all the rules. Let's hear a little bit of my agenda, which features village people and Pussy Riot. Yeah. That's a very different way to finish off. Yeah. That is Dorian Electra with my agenda. Pollyanna McIntosh, thank you so much for coming in today. Really appreciate you doing it, given how busy you have been recently and the small hours, but great stories and great explanations for all of your choices. So thank you so much for joining us thank on The Culture you. Club today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-